step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, hello. Good evening. Welcome to another show of Queen Conversations. It is November 17th, and we are your hosts, starting with me, Lakisa Ballard. Hi, Lakisa. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hi. Good evening. <laughs> this is Abby. Coming from Dallas. <laughs> Dallas, Texas in the house. And then we have the lovely Miss Wendy. Hello, everyone. Hello, hey there, hello. <laughs> How are y'all feeling tonight? Excellent, thank you. You yourself? Feeling good. 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 And you? Good, not just- Good, good. Not not too bad. We, you know, here in North Carolina, we have some of those uh, fires going on. This is the air quality's been a little shaky, but we're doing okay. So I hope you guys are doing well in, in your states. Um, so again, we want to welcome everyone to Queen Conversations tonight, and we're going to go right into our topics, ladies, ladies, ladies. So. The election is over. It's over, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump is now our elected president-elect. And um, there's been a lot of emotions and talk and different things like that. And I'll just start it off with you, Ebby, on your post-election feelings. Um, and everybody overall is being optimistic, So, but I would like to hear um, what you guys are feeling, Abby? Mm, I would say the, the I guess my biggest um, feeling would probably be in shock. I guess um, I know any candidate is is you know fifty percent chance either candidate. Um, <clears throat> to, it can go either way, but I don't know. I just I just I guess I just wasn't expecting the the results. Um, that we got So uh, just a little bit shocked And um, you know I know You know God is the one who places kings And removes kings And um, he's not Shocked or surprised By any of this So you know it's just I think it's it's creating some very interesting conversations I think there are some good things that have already come out of it Um and I think that alone, the awareness of certain issues that people were sleeping on for for years, uh, I think we're going to see some changes in those areas. So I'm hopeful. Yes. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me hopeful. too. I'm hopeful. All right, Wendy, post-election attitudes and feelings. How how you feel over there? I feel wonderful. Um As I was saying before, you know, we need God anyway, and regardless of who would have been put in office, that does not negate the measure of our need for him. So I'm great. I don't have a problem with who's in office. He was not my choice per se, but clearly he was God's choice because he's there. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, ladies, um, if if my 83-year-old grandmother can be optimistic in 30 seconds after I played a joke with her the next day about Trump being in office, I said we can't, we can too. She said mm-hmm. she she said, oh, you know what? I I think he's going to realize what it is to really be president, and things are going to humble him. Mm-hmm. So you know, we have mm-hmm. to pray as believers. We we have to pray for our leaders, 
And um, definitely uh, me, myself, I'll be praying for him and that we will see some change. But ultimately, it's up to us. We have our local government bodies that need to be doing some work, foot, um, you know, feet to the pavement. So overall, my thoughts, I'm pretty optimistic about what's to come. Because whatever it's going to be, um, it's going to be. And But we have to say good things in our mouth. And not much so more so negative. Mm-hmm. So that that is definitely how it feels. But um, so this safety pin movement that's been going on, there's been a little rustling and bustle about that. Abby, you have some information about that for us. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> this is one of those things that I feel is a, a positive. Um, um, thing that's come out of out of the election, and it depends on you know there are some people that are are totally against it, and some people who like me, I'm for it. But you know, for those who don't know or who have never heard of it, um, basically with the safety pin movement, it's a way for um, allies of minorities to self-identify themselves, and um, it's their uh, form of saying, "Hey, I'm I'm here for you. I'm on your side." Um, you know, some of them are using it to say, "I did not vote for Trump," um, but I believe the majority of them are saying that this is um, me saying that I am going to continue the discussion. I am going to not sit on the the sidelines and watch your civil rights be um, violated. Um, but I'm here um, for you. The uh, opponents of this movement feel that it's a form of slacktivism. It's a, I read an article today, and the term is slacktivism, where you just throw on a pen and, and you feel you're done. You've done your duty, and you can walk away feeling good about yourself without mm-hmm. actually engaging in the movement, without actually um, doing anything other than putting a safety pin on. Um so it just depends on how you view it. I've read several articles now, um, read two or three against it, but I'm 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 standing firm with allies. And you know, if I see one with a safety pin, I give them a high five and you know keep it moving. So, what are y'all's thoughts on this safety pin movement? <laughs> well, you, I'm, I'm 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 laughing, but I'm not laughing only because. Um, I didn't know about it until you brought it up um, when we talked about it a little bit before. So um, I think it's a very good idea. I've been just reading some stuff about it. I think it's a good idea. But like you said, um, I could, you know I could put my fist up in the air and say power to the people all day long. But if I'm not actively involved in my people and in, in the struggle and at least trying to um, do the, some things to enhance the people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a word. It's just a. It's just a symbol. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping out of this, maybe it will be some activism going on. Um, and excuse my voice. I have a little cold, so I might sound a little muffled. If you're listening out there, um, but yeah, I think I think the safety pin movement um, could turn into something good. Wendy, have you heard any any more things about it as well? 
I haven't, other than, you know, the the articles and things, uh, to which, again, I was also not privy to anything about this until it was mentioned from this group um, because I haven't seen any safety pins on anyone, haven't heard anything, any discussions about it. And in my line of business, that's all you do is hear, you know, conversations about what's going on in the media and things like that. So I haven't heard anything, haven't seen anything. Um, but my opinion on it is, if it's not if it's not harming, then you know there's the potential for it to help. Uh, whether people are actually actively advocating, at least it's bringing attention to an issue that needs to be addressed. So I don't I don't see any harm in it. Whether they actually are a safe person or really doing what the symbolism is is about, at least they're identifying themselves and putting themselves as a participant in in the issue. So I'm I'm good with it. So, you guys, what is something that we can do as as women, as Americans, as, you know, as black Americans? What, what is something we could do, um, or even with our listeners, to push what they're trying, when it comes to the movement, when it comes to us coming together? What is something that we could do to better help our communities? As it relates to allies... Oh, go ahead, Wendy. No, no, you're fine. Well, um, as far as allies, I would say engaging in those tough conversations. Um, you know, it's it's information, it's cultural exchange, it's digging deeper with the person sitting on the other side of the table. So I would mm-hmm. say at, at the least smallest minimal amount, uh, is having those difficult, hard conversations, you know, so that people can understand how we got to this point and how we reverted back to the point where we're at. Um, you know, helping people understand what their privilege looks like um, in this world, in this in this society, their white privilege. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, how does it it play out in their environment? And being a person, a safe person for them to ask the necessary questions to get the necessary understanding and not being offended when something isn't understood or if there's ignorance there that needs to be um, stripped away. So um, welcoming those who are authentic um, and genuine mm-hmm. uh, into, the, into the the environment where they can actually be of help, um, giving them the opportunity to take the next step. Um, whatever that looks like in your particular realm of influence, instead of shunning mm-hmm. people or shaming people for doing, you know, what they feel they need to do. So I think that's mm-hmm. a, a good first step. That is. That is good. I agree. Wendy, what are your thoughts on moving towards um, Well, as a, Overall, with this, one of the reasons why I don't think I'm as affected as maybe some people are by it is because my perspective is completely different about most things. 
Um, there's nothing new under the sun. This is not a new a new situation or a new position that we find ourselves in. But my, my greater concern is the cause. Why do we continue to put ourselves in this position? And, and my opinion is because we have allowed ourselves as a people, as a culture, and as a society to, first of all, depend too much on government, and secondly, to get to a place where we, in that dependence on government and our lack of ethical attitude, have become uninformed about what's really going on um, in our world and in our systems. And because of that, we don't we don't know how anything goes. Uh, my generation and the generations behind me are very ignorant to civics and, you know, um, society issues, uh, political issues. We know what's going on in the news and what's spoken of in that regard, but we don't do well as far as actually getting behind the scenes and seeing how the system works and how we can, even on a grassroots level, affect um, the systems to, to even be able to know what's going on beyond what we are privy to in media. So, number one, my, my thing would be to educate ourselves, and then as we are educated, uh, making sure that we are getting involved um, in the systems of the earth to affect change. So that's a greater aspect is sometimes we need to be uncomfortable and be in these horrible situations um, so that we can come alive and get active in the areas that we have been dulled in. Mm, that's that's the one thing I heard somebody say, well, now that Trump is elected, it's going to make y'all come together um, for people who are, you know, who uh, maybe were against Trump. But I think that is true to a certain extent because if we are not active in our community, our kids, that's the same thing. If you, if mom and daddy ain't exercising or they're not eating right, we eating little Debbies and everything, the kids going to be eating little Debbies. But if we're active in the community and, you know, talking about conversation, allies and stuff, then the kids are going to kind of roll into that same dough per se. But I, you, y'all, honestly, it, this this is kind of, it's kind of tough to get a generation to do something they're not used to doing. If you, if you're a part of that, that society, because some people are just used to what it is. Yeah, so, it's unusual. But that's the yeah. beauty of, of, of being uncomfortable because it puts you in a position where you can't afford to be to be lackadaisical because now you are at stake. Now, when, when whatever was going on before, it didn't bother you because to you it didn't affect you. But now that you're uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it's not affecting your, your way of life, your, your, um, your freedoms, now you have to do something. And if nothing else, you have to at least get informed about what's going on. And that's, a, that's a, again, an opportunity for us to start making some changes and, and allowing um, our mentalities to be move forward and progress. Mm-hmm. And even for everybody who's listening, if you have a local student in a not student, I'm sorry, if you have a local city council meeting, um, you know, start going to those and just kind of listening in. I'm, I'm talking to myself too. I, I missed the, I think it was one this Tuesday in Charlotte. Uh, because of other things, um, but kind of getting involved on the local government. Um, Absolutely. Just kind of getting listening in because <laughs> they will let you, you know, give suggestions. And I really do feel like when the village comes together, now we, there's a lot of issues going on here, going on where you guys are. However, there's too many intelligent people here in this country for us to not come to a solution. But I think attitudes and cultures and people being wanting to have power get involved. 
and that that goes beyond what we need, and, and we don't get stuff done. But to say all that, ladies and gentlemen, um, I think it starts more so in our families and us having the attitude to betray the right steps to go to the right in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, definitely um, that is. Good stuff. Everybody, again, you are listening to Queen's Conversation. It is November 17th. We're so happy that you are listening in. And if you would like to call in and um, if you have any questions or or comments of the show so far, the number is 929-477-2304. You just press the ones who are listening. You just press the number one, and we will see that you have a question or comment. And we would love to hear from you guys, you want to talk about the post elect? What are your thoughts on um, the presidential candidate elect that we have, President Trump? On uh, moving forward with um, what the country has to do, you can call in. So our next topic, ladies, we talked the other week about Thanksgiving. Okay. Thanksgiving do's and don'ts, and uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was very very good. Next week is Thanksgiving. A lot of people's favorite time of year, and um, you know, let's talk about just the top four things. Everybody can give a thing. What you what you shouldn't do. Maybe what you should I'll stay start. away from. <laughs> <laughs> the, the top the top don't do for next week is don't come uninvited. Do not do drop in <laughs> without an invitation. At anyone's home, whether you come with a cake, a pie, or a, a vat of biscuits, do not just pop up at somebody's home. That's number one no-no. Okay, Abby, Abby. <laughs> Abby, uh, what's number my... two there? Hmm? No, I said you oh. want to do number um, two. I was going to let you go. Okay. <laughs> so my number two is to, if you can't cook, Stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> Mop, sweep, dust, Windex, vacuum, fluff up some pillows, fold laundry. <laughs> but stay out of the kitchen. If you cannot cook, if you have not been slapped three times for your greens, don't make greens. If you have not been slapped or nobody has ever thrown a shoe, from your green bean casserole, don't cook the green bean casserole. If you make the macaroni and cheese and it's just as much when you leave as when you got there, <laughs> don't volunteer. So just clean up, you know, put some candles around the house, you know, do some nice stuff, but stay out the kitchen. Oh, uh, what about people like me who, you know, we're just getting in the mix and try? That is not yeah. the day of practice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I will you, say. You can wash dishes. That's what you. If you want to just be in the mix, <laughs> wash the dishes. You can wash some pots and pans, and so whenever they need something, it's already clean for them. That's what you can do. Or sit, sit in there and, and ask questions about how to do stuff, but don't 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 engage on the. Do not go in the <laughs> oh, And you, and you have to be careful because. Some 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 aunts and, and mamas they don't want you asking too many questions on on holidays. Maybe on a regular Sunday, but on holidays sometimes they be in their zone, and you know they don't want to be bothered sometimes. So you got to be careful. That's true. That's true. One of the things I will. <laughs> one of the things I will say is that's just rude. 
do not on Thanksgiving Day fix ten plates to go. Like you're here, you got a one plate minimum. <laughs> Don't be trying to pack up all the macaroni and cheese, or you gonna all the whatever turkey wings have y'all do. Mm-hmm. It's some people, and even I'm, even if my family, I have, we have a couple of family members that want to stack plates, and it's and it's rude. Um, well, let, most let, of me, it's, let me let me say this to you that. And I think that must be a family-by-family family basis because in the Burns family, <laughs> if you do not take multiple plates home, they think you don't like the food. So when we have oh. get-togethers, we come with our own Tupperware with the understanding you're going to take some of this food home because we don't want, we can't eat all that food. We cook a lot anyway. And so there's no way in the world you walking out of there with one plate. Otherwise, that means something wasn't good. So know your audience. Uh, if you leave with one plate in the, in the, out of a Burns affair, we got, we rolling our eyes like, what's she trying to say? Uh, I know I'm see. good. What that mean? My macaroni and cheese is fire. What is that all about? See, see that? Okay, that's something to think about because yeah, another perspective. That is another. That's that's good. That's good. I'm thinking more on the. I guess I'm thinking more on the greedy side. <laughs> We enjoy it, and we we do kind of look at you funny. We had a um a repast. A family member died last week, and Saturday that was the thing. Everybody came knowing. Okay, you got the, the boys brought their own Tupperware, and we had our own stuff. And everybody took multiple multiple plates home on purpose because if you do not do that, that means it was something wrong with the food. Mm. Now hold on. Is anybody going to buy Pat LaBelle's new pound cake? Has anybody no. tried? <laughs> She's still trying to push herself so hard. She is pushing that peach cobbler, baby, and that um, the, I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad at her. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pie. a good thing for because some people don't bake. So, you know, those are mm-hmm. good. Uh, they're, they're good, reasonably priced. Desserts for for people in those situations, or people who are single, or you know whatever the case may be. But generally speaking, if that's if you do that well, that's that, we don't want that. Like mm-mm, that ain't, that's not my mama. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> it's a good well, option, like for the office Thanksgiving, you know, feast. If yeah. you don't feel like cooking for the office people, you can just bring pick up a quick pie, quick pound cake. But yes. no, not for the actual meal. Mm-hmm. Not an actual meal. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you, ladies. Okay. All right. No. No more. No patty. No patty cake. No patty. <laughs> <laughs> All righties. Thank you guys for uh, listening in. We have more, more topics in store for you. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. I see you got a bad report You were all alone No one to Keep asking God why me. 
All right. Welcome back to Queen's Conversations here with Lakeisha, Ebby, and Wendy. All right. Ebby has our next topic. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, tonight we, we, we're going to hit on some some topics dealing with uh, how we relate um, to our parents as uh, adults. And before we even start talking about how we are the children um, of our parents and that we are all, you know, pretty much grown at this point, just first wanted to think about, you know, at what point did you all realize that you were an adult? Like when did you first feel the responsibility of being an adult and an adult? Like what did anything happen? Like were you still in college? I'm thirteen. I'm thirteen. When I decided Oh wow, this is what it feels like to be an adult. So I know people have different experiences. Thirteen. And my my transit I was thirteen. My transitional moment was because my parents separated and eventually divorced. And so I went from a life where, you know, I'm the baby, I'm the youngest and the only girl. And it went from being truly the baby and the only girl where I really didn't have to do much of anything. It was kinda in my own world to now it was just me and my mom, and my mother wasn't handling the transition very well. So, you know, I'm in having to do adult, having adult responsibilities and really having to kind of look out for myself in a lot of regard. So I didn't have the opportunity to wait until I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. It started at 13. And it actually was a different, different transition because the awareness was, yeah, you may be doing these things, but you're really not grown. Mm. So when I actually was officially grown, I was like, this is, ain't nothing no different about this, except for now I, all of the responsibility is on me. It's not shared anymore. So mm-hmm. I've been grown a long yeah. time in my mind. Mm. Well, I, I think for me, being the oldest um, of three, I always felt like I had a responsibility Um as a parent a little bit because I had two younger siblings and even to this day, they're both grown. They always said that like he you always like you are other mother, but when it became me being okay, Oh, this is getting real. I think when I first went off to uh, college, North Carolina A&T state university, and I did not have enough money for school. I was like, Oh, okay. It's getting real. I'm going to take out a Sally Mae loan. <laughs> so to have to take out, have to you know cover a student loan on my own. That's when I was like, okay, I got it, this is definitely getting real. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know my parents couldn't pay you know twenty grand for me to go to school at that time, but it was a little bit that I had to cover and to take it out in my name and to have to sign the interest rate and all that. That's when the light a light clicked on of a different level that, all right, this is the real deal. Because you're going to have to pay this back after you finish school. So you better do well. So I think that's what it kind of kicked in for me when it comes to um, transitioning to adulthood. And we have so, and you know what, I will say this to you guys. We have so many kids in this generation that are the gimme, gimme, gimme. And then when they do get out on their own, they can't make it because we've been 
coddling them, especially men or, or boys, because they, you, we want to, you know, serve them into manhood and they can't make it or they don't know how to deal with things because they've been protected. And, and a lot of times it's our fault. It's mommy's fault because we want to protect them and we, we need to let them fall and scrape their knee a little bit. And um, there's a lot of men doing what they're supposed to do with their kids, a lot. But there are definitely some that are not, and then we see the results because some of us misindate them and or things go wrong and, you know, they're, they're not handling their business like they should or in society. And that becomes a real problem. So... That's just my little my little piece. Yeah, I, with that. I think that um, I agree with you. I think that um, struggle often squeezes out. Um, it's, it's the thing that squeezes out that adulthood. Um, I don't think everybody transitioned to it smoothly with you know grace and 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 beauty. I think sometimes it's birthed out of out of pain, and so. Um, I would say my transition occurred in grad school, and um, it was when I, I think it started it started in undergrad when I changed my major, like the first day of, of undergrad, and then in grad school when I had to go to our campus, um, we called it Luke's Closet, where all, you know, volunteers would donate clothes and, and food to us. We had a little food pantry. And mm-hmm. I fed myself from that food pantry. I would get my, my frozen chicken. I would get two frozen chickens, about two loaves of bread, peanut butter, milk, which I hated milk, but I, I got the milk. And, you know, I, I will feed myself off of that. And the clothes I wore, which I still own, some of the clothes I, I got from Luke's closet. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> shoes that other people wore that I never thought I would wear another person's shoes. <laughs> I, mm. I still remember the day my my first cousin came to visit me at my campus apartment, and she was like, "If you want to move in with me, you can." This is sad. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, "It was it was very meager, you know." But I, it was my first apartment that I was paying for, and I was proud of it until she came in. And I was like, I saw nothing wrong with, you know, where I was staying. And I loved the solitude of my little apartment, but it was a struggle. You know, it was a, it was a struggle. I, I think I made $800 a month at the time, um, you know, or maybe every two weeks. I can't remember. I want to say maybe a month, but, yeah, it had to be a month, $800 a month. So, um, yeah, so just being responsible for my own bills, and getting, you know, having to find scholarship money to pay my my way through grad school, um, you know, my first electricity bill, my first every, you know, water bill, all that kind of stuff. It was, you know, mail wasn't kind letters from people missing me. It was all bills. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh, I think it, I really think that it wasn't a bad transition, you know, but it was burst out of struggle for sure, and I think that it was needed because until that point I had never in my entire life had a night where I didn't eat. You know, I'd never gone to bed hungry. In my, I had never had to struggle for anything before grad mm-hmm. school ever in my entire life. So it was almost as if I was looking at somebody else go through 
these struggles. Like, this is me going through this. this is, you know, just experiencing it was amazing to me that I was actually content not having all the things that I had growing up, you know, um, that you can still be content with little. So it was it was interesting. I think it, it helped mold um, who I am today. So I'm not scared to struggle because uh, I know I can. I know I can go without cable. I can go without a cell phone. I can go without getting my hair done. I can go without getting new clothes. I can go without going out to eat. I can go with basic, you know, food and, you know, um, and still be content. So that was that was interesting. So. Well, somebody tell my nephew, man, that he does not need a cell phone when <laughs> he's 10 years old. Because let me, it's like, what's, what's going on? I was going to say, ladies, like, and for those of y'all listening, and we're, we're talking about when you first realize um, when you were adult, I mean, you first realize you're going into the adult stage and what was your first crisis um, and was it difficult for you in that transition. So we're talking about that. But these things are valid how can we help the transition with society, with the millennials today? How can we make the transition better for the kids that's coming up? Because we survived. Now, Wendy and I, mm-hmm. we don't have children yet. Um, so, and I even think about that myself for the future, just kind of like, because who knows what's going to be going on in the next 10 years, but kind of transition them not to be so dependent and more dependent. So, what is something, Ebby, that you have um, a nephew and um, little cousins? What is something that you think that we can transition our kids to be a little bit more not so dependent? So when they go into adulthood, they won't be like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? Um, one of the main reasons is um, reasons, one of the main things is to give them responsibility um, and, and start at an early age. And hold them accountable, accountable when you know things fall apart. Uh, like you mentioned before, I, I think you have a lot of the answers. You know, not rescuing your child every time something happens. Um, if they forget their homework, they may have to know what it feels like to either have to make that assignment up or get a, a, a bad grade um, or a lower grade because they didn't turn it in on time. Um, they may have to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that day because they forgot their, their lunch at, at home. Um, you know, so teach them, teaching them, you know, tools, helping, you know, there's a, a very good chore list that's age-appropriate online um, that tells you at what age your children should be doing certain activities. Um, and I say that because I was very prone to just doing things for my kids, not realizing, mm-hmm. hey, they can do this stuff themselves. And I realized that one day I was picking them up from daycare, my two little ones, and the teacher told them to clean up before they left. And I'm watching them put toys where they go, and I'm like, wait a minute. I do this for them at home, and it was an eye-opener for me that, I hadn't been paying attention to. It just, you know, slapped me in the face. So now if there's a chore, they all participate in completing that chore. And it has really made my life <laughs> that more, you know, uh, simple. But ultimately right. teaching kids responsibility, um, not giving them everything they want. I don't ask my kids what they want for Christmas. That's, that's, that's so that, that phrase will not be asked in my house. You know, this is, you don't, you're not entitled to anything. 
in, in this house. You're not entitled to a gift. If I choose to get you something, then you'll get something. But you're not entitled to ask me to buy you anything for any occasion. That's just not going to happen. Um, and I just, for me, it's, that's just such a, uh, I, I, I can't stand that sense of entitlement. Um, but that's the generation we have. You know, by a certain age, you should have a cell phone. Uh, you should wear certain clothes and, you know, you get your hair done every two weeks and your nails done and da-da-da-da. You know, there there's a sense of you have to work to get some things in life. Everything isn't just given to you. So teaching those important values now, that we were raised with. Uh-huh. Now, I was going to say, now, we, we could ask for, like, back in the day, when I was, I mean, mm-hmm. we could ask for what we want. Like, we could say, I'm like, hey, you know, can I get that new Teddy Ruxpin? <laughs> oh, whatever. You can, you can ask. Can I get, hey, look, I remember, mm-hmm. let me tell y'all, I remember when Zane first came out. Zane, mm-hmm. y'all remember? Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted the tape. I wanted the cassette tape. I asked my dad. I was like. <laughs> I had that I tape. Like, I was like, hey. I said, Dad. He was like, yes. I said, can I have the, the Zane? <laughs> the tape probably had to be like $7, y'all. But mm-hmm. um, in my house, it was more of, if, first of all, you, all your chores always had to be done. You had to have good grades in school. Um, we could make requests. That's the same thing. You can't de- that's the same thing like a marriage, I believe. You can make requests. You can't demand nothing from your spouse. So you can make requests, mm-hmm. and it's up to them to say yes or no. Same thing with my father. We made requests, but we dare not come to him with C's and, C's and D's on the report card. That we come to him with a request with A's and B's, we're probably going to get it. Mm-hmm. And and we did. Ninety percent of the time we got it. We wasn't being like astronomically crazy. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I agree with you to that, but mm-hmm. with the request, I, I, you know, kids can have requests, I think, but sometimes they were like, Let me have those beats by Dre and um <laughs> some New Jordans. <laughs> and you know, my my kids they ask you in fifth grade. I just look at them. You were, I just look right at them when, when they ask. And I'm like, That's nice. That's nice that you want, <laughs> you, know, you know, the Barbie doll dream house. <laughs> there's something to be said, too, about I know a lot of people, a lot of parents don't believe in allowance. But for me, allowance was, was probably one of the best things that they could have done in my life because mm-hmm. um, it taught me money management. First of all, my mother was deaf on before she gave us our full allowance, she took out our tithes. So that taught us how to tithe. Then Ooh. after that, it was like, okay, now, you know, uh, what you going to do with your money? And so if there was something that I wanted, like my dad, we would go to, to dinner after church every Sunday. And one, one day he pulled up and he was like, well, I'm paying for me and your mom. You and your brother get allowance. You all pay for your own dinner. And my brother, you know, he, who is still to this day very laissez-faire, um, he ordered his little, his little dinner. And I said, I, I'm going to pass. I'll wait till I get home and eat what's at home. And my father was so upset with me that I was not willing to spend my money. But that was a trigger for me because if now that I have to pay for it and it's going to cost me something, I value it differently. And so from then on, I started treating other people's money differently along with my own. I was always very frugal with my own money. But, you know, your money, I spend your money like it don't mean nothing. You know, so I think we those, those things um, <laughs> give opportunity for for children to see things in a different light and begin to have different value systems. And then when I would ask for something, which wasn't very often because I wasn't the type of person to really ask for much, but if I asked for something, it was 
it was never, it was always understood because my father's thing was, this is our house, this is our stuff, we just let you use it, so don't get comfortable with it. But be, beyond that, if it was something that you really wanted, and it wasn't too much, you know, and they wanted to get it for you, that was fine. But it was, okay, well, you know, I wanted a purse. This I was probably about maybe 12. I wanted this purse. And I said, you know, then I saw this purse, and he said, oh, okay, well, you want this purse, and, you know, I want to give your mom a break, so if you clean up the whole house for your mom, because my mother didn't work, if you clean up the whole house for your mother, then I'll go ahead and buy you this purse because I w- if I were to pay someone else that, it would be the same amount as the purse. And it, it was a great exchange. It was like, okay, do I really want yeah. this purse bad enough to clean up this whole house? Yes, I do. Let's do it. So it taught me some work ethic, right. and then it Mother taught me value, and it made me appreciate what I earned. Mm-hmm. I right. So there's different ways to, yep. to achieve different things. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I know boys and girls are definitely um, different. Again, you guys, this is Queen's Conversations. Thank you guys for tuning in. And if you would like to call and leave us a, have a question or a comment, please press 1 if you're already tuned into the number, 929-477-2304, to call in for a comment. Tell us how. How did your parents handle you guys or your you or your siblings and um, raising you guys as as children? We would love to to hear some stories, but we will go on to the next um, our next topic. But before I do that, that song, if anybody wants to know the name of that song that was playing during the, during the commercial, was called "Born to Win" by B. J. McKenzie. Uh, for those of you guys who want to know, I think with some people who want to know the name of that song. So our next subject is, what is the nature of your relationship with your parents currently now? Are you more like friends? Um, Are you close? So I'm going to go ahead and start this off. Uh, My parents are my parents. We are not Mm -hmm. friends as in my girl, my homeboy, we're going to drink it up, we're going to talk, (laughs) any type of way. It's not going down like that. I respect my father. I, I say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, to both my parents, and I respect them um, to this day. And I'm also thankful for the curveballs that they they jumped in front of me because knowing, you know, you know how you say you give a little bit of rope, you hang yourself. My mom used to say that all the time. Now Mm -hmm. I see um, why she kind of, you know, tried to, both of them a little more strict than I thought was needed. Um, Definitely, my relationship with my parents are, are definitely good. I even now, if I have a question, mm-hmm. I'm thinking I can call back. I just asked my dad about a car question about a month ago um, when I went to the dealership. I just kind of want to ask his opinion. But um, do, they, do they respect me as an adult? Absolutely. Even when they walk in this house, in my own house, they respect me and um, they don't try to go overboard, but I definitely respect them as um, my parents. There's nothing now for anybody listening. There's nothing wrong with you treating your mother or father as your friend. I respect all of it, um, and we do have some people who feel that way. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. I can go to them and talk to some things, but <laughs> there might not be everything you can talk to them about. Um, more so. You keep that for your girlfriend list, or, or you know, or, or your significant other, husband or boyfriend. But no, I think that that's a 
I think it does it does change. If you're in your thirties or your forties or fifties and your parents in the seventies or eighties, I think the relationship change it should get better, not worse. What are you guys thoughts right. on that with the parenting and the nature of the relationship? Wendy? Um, well, my particular parents uh parents I should say, because of just our processes um, has been up and down and in and out and through and through. I have always respected them and will always. Just, I absolutely adore my parents. I think God gave me some of the best. <clears throat> he gave me who I needed to be, who I am, who I am, and who I'm supposed to be. Um, did they do everything perfectly? Absolutely not. But they did everything that they were supposed to do so they could produce what what it needed to produce. Even the mistakes they made were very valuable. Um, so I respect mm-hmm. their position that God gave them because. That was God's doing, and I, I I love that. But as far as being friends, <clears throat> no, I can't say that we're friends. Um, I like them for the most part. Um, I I hope they like me, uh, but no, we are not <laughs> friends. Um, me and my father are probably closer to being friends than, and I, I'm not really comfortable with the idea of the friendship thing just because I, although I could talk to my parents about anything, I don't choose to because I don't think it's appropriate. Um, but my father is very crass and very blunt and black and white, and we communicate kind of the same way. So, you know, we can, but do we – we talk about a whole lot, a whole, whole lot, but for me there's a fine line because there's certain things that, again, I don't think is appropriate for him to um, deal with, and if I allow him to, he will be more than happy to get in my business. So, mm -mm, mm -mm, nope. (laughs) But for me, part of that – part of the issue with that is the balancing – act that I had to to come to because thinking for so long since I was about 14, 13, 14, that I was an adult because I was in these adult positions and doing these adult things, that it came a point where we were bumping heads because I'm like, I'm doing the same thing y'all doing, you know, or, you know, we're we're equal. And it took a long time for me to discern the fact that just because you may be doing some things that you probably shouldn't be doing because of your age, uh, doesn't mean you are their equal. You are still subordinate. You still are there, are, you know, under their charge, and you still are supposed to submit to them. That was a hard thing because my thought was, well, you ain't doing some of the stuff that I feel like you should be doing that deserves this. But that was me mm. getting over me and getting myself in the order. Um, but as as it stands now, I understand order, and that was a valuable lesson for me to learn because now that teaches me how I need to be with my husband. <laughs> so, you know, it's not tip mm-hmm. that because you do what you're supposed to do. Now I can submit to you and treat you the way I'm supposed to treat you. That process, learning how to respect my parents in spite of what I felt like they were or were not doing, really put me in a position to grow up to be the wife that God would, would want me to be. So it was valuable in the long run. Mm-hmm. Good. That's good. Mm-hmm. And Abby? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think that my fam- my parents, um, we kind of volley back and forth between I'm still their little girl and I'm a grown woman. Um, we, you know, my mom wants us to talk every single day. And mm. that's hard for me to 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 keep that or maintain that because I don't talk to anybody every single day. 
I'm not a, I'm not a phone user. Uh, I'll drop a text to you real fast, but I don't talk to you. Never have. I've never gone through the stage where I just had to talk to anybody every single day. And so mm-hmm. um, that's a, a serious challenge because she made that request last, just last week, you know. And um, so, you know, I think they still see me as their baby. I think they really do still see me as their baby. And uh, I have to remind them, you know, on a regular basis of exactly who I am. You know, there's some things you can't say to me because that's I'm not sure. I'm I'm technically, you know, because you birthed me, you're a baby. I was the last one born. But other than that, um, it's like I feel like Paul sometimes having to rattle off my list of accomplishments to show them, hey, look, I manage people at work all day, every day to come turn around and, and, you know, be treated like I'm your baby, that's, you know, that is a challenge for me. So, yeah, they, I think they struggle with that, but at the same time, um, I would say my mom struggles with that more than my dad. My dad, uh, kind of like you, Wendy, me and my dad can talk about anything and always have been able to, um, the more difficult subjects that you need to talk to your parents about. Uh, I knew mm-hmm. I could talk to my dad. I didn't have to go find a surrogate to have those conversations. Um, I mean, the most difficult things I've ever had to tell anyone, I had to tell my dad. So, um, <clears throat> you know, um, those were, 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 you know, difficult conversations, but I, I feel that, he always responded like a parent. It wasn't ever, you know, when I say friend, it's not um, how I would talk to a girlfriend or even my man. You know, it's not those kinds of conversations. Right. Um, but it not. is, you know, he. I feel like as a parent, he would give me wise advice, wise counsel, and advise me in the direction of what was best in my best interest um, or now in the best interest of the girls, you know. So, yeah, I, I appreciate the bond that um, I have with my father, especially getting a male perspective on things. I mean, it's just in, totally invaluable um, to be able to get that level of information um, <laughs> from, you know, from a man on on things. So, yeah, I think my parents struggle with baby diaper syndrome. syndrome. Um <laughs> So, you know, which is basically, you know, basically um, in my world, um, all these things, I'm a manager, I'm a counselor, I'm licensed, um, uh, I lead praise and worship, I do all these different things, but when I get back into my home environment, I'm still their baby, so it's a challenge. And you know what? I actually I mean, think you said, that would you, be nice. <laughs> but you're, you're the baby. That Hold sounds on. like that would be nice. But you're the baby. Oh, you're, you're the baby out of all the kids, right, Abby? It's just two of us, but yeah. Okay. So you're the youngest, mm-hmm. and I, I can mm-hmm. see how that could be where a little more. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, I can see how that could be. I mean, but when it gets to where reminding and I think you know it could be more cultural or just you never know you never know what their thoughts are. I don't know. I think I've seen that. Um, mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't get overwhelming for you, I mean, you have those talks. Look, you only get one mama and you only get one daddy. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's mm-hmm. one thing. You only get one mom and daddy, so um, sometimes we gotta let them be who they are um, in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, <laughs> well, I think I the you, challenge with it, I think the challenge the with it is the boundaries. That's the yeah. challenge. Is 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 setting appropriate boundaries that are respected because when you are the baby, they kind of hogwash your your boundaries. Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, and and oh, they yeah. minimize. Yeah, they minimize. Cool. Mm They minimize those boundaries, and that's you know, it, it makes it very difficult to get those boundaries to stick and to make them understand. Hey, I'm 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 serious about this. Y'all can clown all y'all want to, but yeah, because uh, my mom's gonna kill me if she ever hears this. Um, when I was in grad school, <clears throat> this was part of me becoming an adult. If my mom couldn't get her way, she would hang up the phone in my face and we were talking to each other. And it was just Ooh. like, it was, yeah, it was, that was just like saying for her, it was just like somebody saying, oh, this, it's, it's a, a, a cold day outside today. It wasn't a big deal to her at all. And for her, it was no big deal. And she did it one too many times. And one day I just had enough. And I'm like, you hang up in my, my face one more time. Don't worry about ever calling me again. And see, yeah, I it think was that like, personality has a lot to do with that because I don't think does. my family, my nobody would ever do anything like that to me because I, sure. my personality <laughs> is so, I am very, I am me. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. try it if you want to. Try, try it if you want to. Yeah. I, 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 that ain't going to work out. It's not we wouldn't that wouldn't even bear having a conversation with because if you hang up in my face that to me shows me you don't respect me and that's to me that's that's the basis of relationship if you don't respect Mm -hmm. me I don't care who I am to you we have no relationship so stay on Mm -hmm. your side or wherever you are because I have anything else and I've had to have a conversation with my mother and that was different because we we real different, you know, we're complete opposites. And we were making the attempt to kind of bond. And she made a comment about the person that I was dating that was not welcome. I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. Wasn't interested in it. And it kicked me off. Whether it was right, wrong, or whatever she was saying, it was, we are not there. We don't have that type of relationship. Your opinion does not count in this regard, so keep it to yourself. And it was, I've said it a a lot more tactfully than that, but that was the the bottom line, and the response was, "You're right. We're not there. I I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Never happened again. Mm-hmm. Cut and dry. Yeah. So I think it makes a difference your personality and who you are and how you are with your parents because and I don't think mine would ever do that. And it's, because it's, you know, they they make fun of me mm-hmm. with that. They say, "Oh, you send us to the Isle of Patmos, and you will never talk to us again." Um, the only person I, I have that is a major, major required person in my life is God. Everybody else is negotiable. So if you are not respectful, the same way I'm required to respect you, I'm going to need something back. And if you're not willing to do that, you got to go. No, the res- respect, I agree, that is, that can be and all usually is a big issue because, you know, we're taught to respect our parents. I'm going to flip this a little bit. With Parents, and it comes to um, boundaries in relationships, especially when you talk about the dating, or it could be in a marriage. Sometimes, and I, you know what, sometimes we, we all African-American, African descent on the show. I mean, 
Uh, I will say that sometimes mamas, depending on the mom, they they do like to tiptoe in the business a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. sometimes I think that could be, I, I said sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I think my mother's too scared to ask me because she's scared I'm going to say something and she, I won't speak to her no more. So she's like, Mm-mm, I'm going to let her come to me because if I say the wrong thing, with it, never talk to me again. Um, you know, you have I agree. you have you have to have to be careful because they will overstep their boundaries, and sometimes they are saying the right thing, meaning they will say, "Hey, you know what? I don't like this guy, or I don't like this young lady, um, Jonathan, that you're bringing home," and they can see things that you can't. However, mm-hmm. I think how you receive the information when it comes to because you know we get real territorial with spouses, how you receive the information. And the history you have with that parent will determine how you digest the food. Absolutely. Because you have to have a relationship. You can't tell me that and you don't have a relationship with me. Right, right. But you can't look in the picture if you're sitting in the frame. So that's why when it comes, when y'all heard you say that, I said, yeah, that can get real real sticky. And then, uh, like with with my mom, I don't know if she's listening tonight, but uh, (laughs) with with my mom, (laughs) she (laughs) She has asked some questions about, you know, a previous relationship, and I was like, well, you know, um, let's go at this at a different angle because I know family does not forget. They don't forget. I think I mentioned that before. You got to watch what you tell them because you can forgive that person down the line, and they'll throw it right back up in your face. They didn't, didn't that boy do that to you back in 1996? No, I remember because you called me and you you told me about it. Did did she did she cheat on you? Or if it was a guy, did she cheat on you? And so it's all two thousand and one. I remember it was it was June. So you got to be careful what you tell parents because they have your best interest at heart at heart most of the time, and they will not forget when people do you wrong. So um, that can be a whole nother little show when it comes to parents yeah. and, and and information. So. Yes, it's yeah. boundaries need to be set. If anybody, if you know what, and anybody who's listening, if you have a question or comment, you can call in and or share your. Have you ever had boundaries that's been crossed with a parent or or a situation? We would love to hear your story. If you want to call in and share, if you don't, that's okay. Sometimes it gets a little touchy, but these are things that we have to communicate with our parents. Because you can't change what you don't communicate. I do believe that. And they I think don't that's, know, that's part of the difficulty it. as well, depending on the relationship that you have, when you are really struggling to maintain <clears throat> as the, the child, the adult child, the respect and not to not to cross the boundary from our from our side, it's difficult to know sometimes how to bring it to the parent um in a way that it's palatable and appropriate because, you know, on one hand you want to be appropriate, but on the other hand you want to be firm to get your point across so that, you know, mm-hmm. they'll respect and respond appropriately. So that's a difficult balance. So, you know, as you just said, you can't, nothing can change that you're not willing to, to address and communicate. That's, that's half the battle. And I think a lot of times we, as, again, adult children who are not always adult children, are not given enough communication leeway growing up to learn how to really adjust to that as things change and as you mature, which is, again, 
my position was a lot different. So my adjustment was in the opposite direction, but still, it's still a difficult balance to, to get to because the bottom line is everybody wants to be respected, and that looks different for different people. Yes. Oh, that is very, very true. Ooh, he said something that everybody wants to be respected, but it looks different, and that can go, and just because we both um, white or we're both Asian or black, it doesn't mean anything. It's just it could just be the the traditions that you grew up with in respecting parents. You know, um that could be the same thing as in I'll say this and we can go into the next subject because I know we can get all along with with this one. But that that's the same thing as um men or in a, we could say American society with them going to the father, speaking to the father before asking a woman's hand in marriage. It's a respect thing. But not in every situation or culture or family that's necessary. But for or some, possible. it could be it, it, right or or possible because somebody's deceased. Um, but some people might not feel that's that's needed, and and, and then some will feel that's absolutely needed. So, um, yeah, it has it has a lot of variables. In that sometimes more than consistency. So, but it's it's something that's something to think about. But it becomes it, it depends on the scenario. It just depends on the scenario. Well, okay, very good, very good. So, we have our next topic um, when it comes to parenting and children. Now, the only people on the show that have Ebby, you are um, setting boundaries with parents when it comes to parents and children. Did what? Did you have anything else to say on that last one? Um, Any last comments? As far as my parents with my kids? No, just just us wrapping up. I said, did you have any other comments? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well. Yeah, I think that um, when when you are treated as like I was saying, I'm, I was I'm still seen by my mom as her baby. You, it's it's you know the establishing of boundaries. You have to demand um, that that person respects you, or they have to deal with the consequences if they don't meet that criteria. So um, it's almost like a retraining had to take place because. As I found myself and became an adult woman, I had to retrain my mom on how to treat me. You know, if she wanted a relationship with me, then she needed to abide by just basic rules of respect. You know, I love myself. I respect. (laughs) I, I want whoever is in my life to respect me. And, you know, I'll be sad. I'll be hurt. I'll be depressed. You know, if I had to remove my mom from my life, but I told her, you know, this is in order for me to be sane, in order for me to be all that God has called me to be, I need to be in healthy relationships. I have to be, I have to be surrounded mm-hmm. by people who support me. So I can't allow this level of respect to continue unchecked. You can keep doing what you want to do, but you're not going to be hanging up in my face. You're not going to be doing that to me. And so, you know, that's, I think, being an adult child, it takes rethinking. And one of the examples that when I think of this, I think of, I don't know if y'all watch um, 
just uh, Housewives of Atlanta, and yeah. I think about Candy and her mom, and uh-huh. her mom has absolutely <laughs> no boundaries when it comes to her. And I'm gonna slide into the next subject when it comes to her as her child and as it relates to her and her child's marriage. And it is one of the saddest things to watch to see how her mom violates just regular boundaries on a consistent basis unchecked. And and not only unchecked, but when people come at her mom, she defends her mom's behavior. You know, um and it just it just makes me, you know, if, if when you're in relationships, when you're married, um, I think Leah has joined, so Leah, you can speak to this. Um, one thing I, I wanted Welcome, to talk Leah. about was <laughs> how do we keep our parents out of our relationships? What do you guys, what have you guys had to do to make sure you protected either your marriage or your relationship from the influence of parents and family? That's a Leah. That's a Leah question right there. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome, Leah. I'm so sorry. Hi, Leah. I'm so sorry. Hi. I came late to the party, clearly. Um, let's but see. The came. question was, how do I keep parents um, at bay? So because I was raised in a very um, biblical, I won't say, well, yeah, it was a bit strict, I took my example from my parents. Um, my mom just had her mom. I never knew her dad because he died when I was born. And my dad had both of his parents, but I watched how he navigated. And uh, when I got ready to get married, the one thing that he told me was, keep your family out of your marriage, including Mm. your parents. So I have never, honestly, I have never had a problem uh, with my parents. So they respect the boundaries. Now, there's in-laws. I have a father-in-law and a mother-in-law, and they both live here locally in Wichita. So that creates a different dynamic, and there has been some challenges. Um, and I love my mother-in-law. She is awesome. Um, but I firmly believe that your spouse should be the one to talk to that parent if there are boundaries that are um, violated so that you're not put in the spot on having to deal with it. Now, me, because I'm outspoken, I I can sort of fend for myself, but I've never really had to. But in those little moments where I said, hey, that's a little bit too much, he'll do it for me and step in because he sees the same. So I just think it's important to be on the same same page when you get married with that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. So, and even with the family, we're just moving on in. This is with the next segment, keeping – family and different boundaries. Families, I think we talked about this in the last show. They they can't some of them can be a little overbearing and then they can they can step over lines. But I think that's a communication issue. I have I have a cousin who you will never know what's going on with her personally, <laughs> relationship wise. That is a stone you cannot crack. Because she is if she if she don't want you to know her business you can come out in all different ways. She'll be like, you can sit down now. Um, the show's over. I'm not talking about it. You know, but I think we just have to say, like, no, I, I think that's none of your business. Or maybe not in that actual sentence, but just saying that this is something I would like to keep to myself because sometimes they'll just, if you give them an inch, they'll take them out. And then my thing is with some family, 
I don't know if you guys have the same experience. They will ask further questions and deepen and ask, but they have no re- they can't give you no resolution. But I, and then it becomes more nosy than wanting to kind of help guide you, even spiritually. You want to know what's going on, but you are, so you can either talk about it or, you know, it's like you you want to know everything, but you don't want to give uh, help give a resolution, a possible resolution. So I think it's just saying, you know what, if I know you're not going to be in my best interest, it's best for me to keep quiet. Do you think, as a general rule, I think you should just kind of probably just not do that anyway. Um, I I wasn't raised to do that. And my dad has been very vocal about such things, you know, training me. Both my parents, you know, did a pretty good job with the training to be in relationships with the opposite sex and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But that was what he told me. He said, do not do that. Do not do that. Now, if you have some questions, you know, and we made a pact as a very young girl, and he told me, he said, I'll never tell you who not to be with, but all I ask is that when you become interested in somebody, you bring them to me, and he, and his exact words were, let me smoke them over, and then let me give you my opinion of it, and what you do after that is on you. So, you know, and his opinion counts, you know, to a degree, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but I want to hear what he has to say because he's a man, and men, no men like women, no women. But from that, you know, unless there's something that's not safe or something that's not healthy, it's none of your business, and I want to keep, I never want to tarnish the respect or the level of respect that he would have for, you know, for my mate and vice versa. So I need to keep that keep that to myself and find another another outlet because that can't be my parent. Mm. That's validated. That's definitely good. That's okay. Well, Leah, you had a question before. Well, no, uh, when you all were talking about being nosy, I wonder if it's just me who thinks this way, but I found that some of the nosiest people, especially those who are married, don't have happy marriages. So they want to get in everybody else's Mm. business how to figure out, you know, how theirs is working so well and theirs isn't. And then you have the overproductive, you know, aunts and uncles that will make a point to tell you, you know, if you do this girl harm, I'm coming after you and I'll shoot you, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's, I think that's also a... is. Hey, hey, hey. I know, right? <laughs> but I think it depends on the people that are in the relationship to make sure that your mate feels comfortable around that family and to make sure you set boundaries before they even come around because the last thing is to put them in an uncomfortable place where they have to fend you know, for themselves. That that won't turn out too well because you never know what's going to come out their mouth that they feel <laughs> uh, tampered over. So, <laughs> oh, so what so do y'all many, say to so the woman who... Uh-oh. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're here. Oh, okay. Um, what do y'all say to the woman who um, who meets her, her, or is around her, her mate, her partner's family, and is being disrespected by, like, like let's say his mother. What would you say needs to happen in that situation? Like, oh, mom has crossed boundaries. Mama. Huh? Yeah. He needs to man up and deal with his mama. Oh, you mm-hmm. think the mother is disrespecting his wife or his girlfriend? Yeah, I shouldn't say necessarily yeah. disrespecting, but basically crossing some boundaries. 
um, you know, just let's say she doesn't, I'm just going to throw an example out there. Let's say she doesn't want her daughters to wear, to get a perm, a relaxer, and so their hair is natural, and she looks at them and she doesn't like it, and she's telling the, the husband or the partner that, um, you know, he needs to go put a relaxer on the, on the kid's head. So she's influencing, she's crossing some boundaries. Um and this has come up in some some group discussions we've had uh, mm-hmm. where it's been allowed to continue and continue in different scenarios um, where where the the mom is you know continually crossing boundaries. I think timing matters timing matters um I think women especially we want to feel defended if we're in that type of situation, but I think it matters how you do it, and the timing of it. I think a simple brush over to let the woman know, hey, I got your back, is simple. Hey, Ma, I love her hair, and that's all that matters, and and did it there because you don't want to get into a situation where you're battling the mom in front of the girlfriend because then the mom will feel totally and completely disrespected. I think mm-hmm. it's a conversation that could be had outside of their home after it's over, you know, to say, hey, I need you to defend me in this area. Here's how I felt about it. Um, and, you know, women can be catty, especially mothers of sons. So uh, that, that's a different kind of boundary um, that, that presents itself. But I think, you know, if you sort of brush it off and then have the conversation later, then the man knows, you know, how to deal with it later on. Well, or even perhaps to, to have a conversation and just say, you know, this this is if you have a reasonable mother, this is what I need you to do. This is the role I need you to play in this situation. It's more supportive, blah, 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 and, you know, let us navigate through this. We're going to make some mistakes, but, you know, trust us to, to, to have our children's best interest at heart and give us a little space, you know, can you respect our decisions. <clears throat> I think that might, if again, if it's a reasonable individual, hopefully they'll respect that. And if not, then it's, your, it's up to you to bag them up. Yeah, let let me just say to all the future mother-in-laws, mother-in-laws, father-in-law, whichever, because it can work on both sides. Because it can, it can definitely people can attack men, you know, in the family. But you guys have a different address than your children, and you have it has to be respected. Just like if if it's my brother's wife or my sister's husband, there's some things I might not agree with. If I think it's something that's harmful to my my sister or brother or future daughter or son, yeah, I might say something but um, or pull them aside. But we have to learn and know that we've lived our time. And then we start when we start getting into other people's marriages and people's relationships, we cause a little friction between the couple because it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm your mama. Well, I'm your wife. Mm-hmm. Well, it says. Leave your mother and father and clean your wife. We start going to different sides, and the people start getting a little. So it's just more like everybody calm down, and we have to respect the boundaries because guess what? That is his wife, and he's and, and she she should come first before the parents. Um, you know, in in that manner when it comes to defending and all that other stuff, but um. Yeah, I think it's a case-by-case basis, but definitely whoever I'm with, you know, um, I would definitely want them to say something first. But 
my future husband will know that I can stand up for myself and say what I need to say. It is, it is what it is. But it will always be in respect. But it won't be. A, this, this is not a, a walkover rug. It's not a doormat. So, um, but you don't want it to go there. You know, you at least want to pull mama aside and have a little conversation with her, or daddy, or whoever you need to pull, auntie, and have a little conversation before it gets too ugly. But I've seen things get ugly. <laughs> just don't want to. Just don't want to go there. So. Wow, we have seven minutes left, ladies. Time has went pretty fast on this um, tonight. For those of y'all listening, thank you for listening to Queen's Conversations. We are going to be slowly wrapping things up now since we're getting close towards the end. Any last minute wrap up? Drop, we want to say. Well, I'll go. Sorry I think that I missed most of the show, but I'm sure you all did an awesome job. I, I hope that my little bit helped somebody. Um, shout out to my beautiful husband whose birthday is tomorrow. I'm so excited for him. Oh, happy birthday. Yes, I'll be sure happy to tell birthday. him. I wish, I wish all of you all and all the listeners a very special, wonderful, happy Thanksgiving uh, with family and friends, and if you are alone, I just I pray God's peace over you all too. Those who are traveling, um, I pray God's blessings as you guys are on the road or on flight, bus, ship, wherever you travel. I just pray God's speed to you. Well, thank you. You too. Well, I just want to say to everybody, have a beautiful, lovely weekend, and following to the the holiday, have a nice time with your family, and don't even, you know what, I I do enjoy Thanksgiving, but don't wait until Thanksgiving and Christmas to have these get-togethers. I'm so not a huge holiday person. I do like the holidays, but I am just, let's just do it whenever we want. If we want to get together, if you want to get together with your families and friends, do it October, July, whatever, because life is so short, y'all. And we get so isolated in these boxes of different times of the year that we really need to thank the Lord for our life throughout the year and, and, and show that with being more giving all throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So to me, Thanksgiving is nice. It's not a huge deal because I, we, I try to see my family and celebrate throughout the year. And we love to eat, so that's not a problem. So just keep that in mind, everybody. Well, y'all Wendy? have a wonderful Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Turn it all over to the Lord. It will be okay. Keep smiling now. It won't last always. You have endured the test. Believe in have the faith. Every day. Your eyes on the prize, you're gonna see you through. Be not afraid, watch your worst things out for you. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.